Hi, everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And this is episode 82 of the RV Miles podcast. If you want to get today's show notes, you can head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. And RV Miles is all across social media. Just search RV Miles on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And then Jason and I, along with Jack, Ethan, Henry, and of course, Wanderbus, are at ourwanderingfamily.com. And we are also on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and Twitter. On this episode, the wonderful town of San Antonio, Texas. We are coming to you from the heart of hill country in southern Texas, and we are really enjoying our time here. We're we're a little bit outside of San Antonio. I don't consider an hour a little bit. I think we're outside of San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> we're this is your equating what we get upset with people when they say they're from Chicago and they're an hour away. We're not a little bit from San Antonio. We're not just popping into San Antonio for some barbecue and some coffee, like whenever we want. It's a trip. Well, we, but we have been able to drive into town several times and and really enjoyed our time in San Antonio. So we have a lot to talk about, about the Alamo, the missions, some good food, the food, all of that, plus a new brain teaser, some tips and a whole lot more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. Yes, it is. And this year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place. In an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores, and seashores that dot the American landscape, many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. We are staying at the Potter's Creek Campground on Canyon Lake. This is an Army Corps of Engineers campground, which we love. This one is such a great campground. We're really enjoying it here. This one is ticking so many boxes for me. Mainly this one is ticking the bathhouse box, (laughs) which I will take all other boxes unchecked if I can just get a bathhouse like the one that is here. For the rest of our travels. <laughs> That's true. It's so nice and so pretty in there. There is uh, a lot of wildlife around here. We're seeing lots of deer, some crazy weird looking ducks that we don't know what they are. <laughs> I just posted an Insta story about them and I was, I think I said something like, I see you ducks that we cannot identify. Maybe someone will see it and identify these ducks for us. And we about ran over a possum yesterday. So we did having a great time. They're slow moving. (laughs) Well, they're fast when they're coming at you. But when they're trying to cross the road, you're like, dang, get across there, man. (laughs) Just do it already. (laughs) Also, it came out of nowhere. And then it just kind of looked at you and was like, I dare you to keep going, which obviously you didn't. And it, then it just like sauntered across the road. There's a lot of wildlife to be uh, fearful of hitting down here. Yes. So we've and been a lot of vultures. And driving slow. Oh, yeah. A lot of vultures to. Uh, well, they're circling, they're circling yes. over the, the roadkill. Yes. I, in fact, today was my favorite day of the week. Today was laundry day. And I. On my way to, because there's not really something to think about for anyone that might be interested in this area. There is no real close laundromat. I think the closest one is about 30 minutes, which is where I went. And uh, I passed at least uh, four 
vulture parties today nice. on the road. So it's yeah. weird. We're it it doesn't feel like we're as remote as we are. The lake is surrounded by houses and light there's lights all around it you can see it at night but there's no direct path because yeah, of the lake so you have to drive around out the lake to get anywhere we'll talk a little bit more about this area and all the stuff we've been experiencing a little bit later let's dive right into the news our big story this week is go rving go rving is the marketing and pr arm of the Recreational Vehicle Industry Association, the RVIA. Many of you know them as hashtag go RVing. They're responsible for big picture campaigns to get people interested in RVing. They're like the they're like the got milk of <laughs> RVing, right? They are. <laughs> they really are the got really milk. Are. The milk it does a body is yeah. what was the no got milk. You're yeah. right. That was one where they just had like a slew of celebrities with their milk mustache, yeah. right? Yeah. Or or the beef. It's what's for dinner. Beef. Yeah. yeah. Or pork. The other white meat. Yeah. Yeah. I here you go. I go RVing. I don't know why we keep using food as an example. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, be prepared for a big media blitz coming from the RV industry and go RVing. They are going to they're going to kick this off with RVX, which is their big trade show. This is the first year they're doing this. It's a big trade show that they're doing in Salt Lake City in, in just a week or, or two. And the public isn't invited. It's going to be dealers and manufacturers and other people in the industry plus the media and they are really trying to get the best of the best media. I mean, they have some of the biggest magazines like Esquire and Oprah's magazine. Will and, Oprah be there? Oh, I, you know, I could see her. I could see her in an RV. I could see yeah. her and Gail getting an RV. Yeah. You get an RV <laughs> and you get an RV. I can just, I need her to go. And then I need her to start giving RVs out to everybody. They're working with the Ellen DeGeneres show. They're going to be doing a big satellite tour where they've, you know, when the thing they do in the morning shows when cut live to somebody somewhere else in the country and do a little interview. Al Roker. And, yeah. Hanging out in an RV. <laughs> I, well, they already go. did that. They did that last fall. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. Al, Al Roker drove the, the RV up, up the, the coast. <laughs> last fall actually i think he sort of like flew from location to yeah location, yeah i'm sure he did <laughs> so anyway they're pumping a lot of money into this big media campaign it's not going to end just there with rvx they're also going to take rvs on tour they're going to the uh there's a big new outdoor expo that's happening in july in chicago and they're going to be presenting a bunch of rvs there and and they're going to be presenting the the RVs that are voted on as the best of the best and the RV products that are the best of the best. So we're going to be getting a lot of media about RVing. So, yes. And I look forward. I wish we could have gone to RVX this year, but it just is not realistic for us to be driving Wanderbus to Salt Lake City in March. That no. just does not make any sense. So I look forward to a warmer climate for RVX next year. My one suggestion for them, like if they want to really push this and make this like we're serious is a and I'm I'm totally dead serious. I know it'll never happen. And it kind of makes me laugh thinking about it. They need to get themselves on the cover of Vanity Fair 
with like all of the top 20 in the RV industry and Annie Leibovitz needs to shoot it. (laughs) (laughs) And then they, and there needs, you know, you're a player in the game when you're on the cover of Vanity Fair with like 10 of your peers and Annie is behind the camera. I'm just saying if you can credit me for this idea or, you know, go RVing, that's fine. But I just think it'd be a really good idea. You can also call me. I'm available for the shoot. So if any of you were sort of hoping that the massive number of RVers out on the road would reduce a little bit this year, uh, I wouldn't count on it. No, (laughs) Go RVing has no intentions of seeing this industry slow itself down a little bit. They are shooting for the moon. Joshua Tree National Park has posted a video that blew my mind. Joshua Tree National Park yesterday was blanketed in snow, literally stuck to the ground, snow. It's very pretty too, to see those Joshua trees. There is snow all across the Southwest. It snowed in the valley. I wish I had been there. Los Angeles got snow. San Bernardino, West Hollywood, snow. I hope that Jimmy Kimmel does something on this because, you know, when he does on his show, the weather reports like when it rains in California and he shows like how people are just losing their minds and the weather people are just like they don't know what to do with themselves because it's gonna it's so good. I really hope that they were expecting snow and that there will be something about the snow. I kid you not, I've seen people saying that they had to tell their like Midwesterners here or East Coasters that are living in LA had to tell people what it was. Like there were people going outside confused. Well, I don't imagine what, what is happening. I don't imagine <laughs> Did it a volcano looks... erupt and there's ashes. <laughs> Are we finally breaking free from <laughs> breaking free from the mainland? <laughs> is this what it looks like when we float off into the ocean? I do not. <laughs> it's already floated off in there. They've, they've moved north. <laughs> My brother, my brother who lives in Covina, should California break off, would clearly have absolutely no idea what was happening because I talked to him last night and Covina is a suburb of L.A. It's about, what, 45 minutes or something. He's like, it didn't snow in the valley. What are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, it apparently snowed for like 15 minutes and then it melted instantly. Yeah, I'm sure it was more like a thick rain. (laughs) But still, if California ever just breaks away from the mainland, my brother is going to be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'm I'm getting ready to take my family to Arizona. He was at work. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't see it. Well, you would think with his drivers, because he, you know, he uh, is a dispatch. He, oh, I guess he would. He would have heard right? about it. He yeah, heard you would think it. he would have yeah. heard about it for sure. His drivers would have been calling in and being like, why is the sky crying? So <laughs> anyway, that's our news for the week. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And we're going to talk about a couple tips and then get into San Antonio. We'll be right back. I <laughs> can't. So good. All 
All right, we are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser, sponsored by the FMCA. From motorhomes, travel trailers, fifth wheels, bus conversions, and more, FMCA is here to enhance your RV lifestyle. For as little as $5 a month, you can travel with peace of mind knowing FMCA has your back. Get connected with like-minded RVers on their Facebook page, forums, at conventions and events. Deals and discounts include RV insurance, roadside rescue, and tire saving programs. And their medical emergency and travel assistance program is included free. A yearly membership is only $60, but RV Miles listeners can save $10 with code RVMILES19. Just visit fmca.com and enter code RVMILES19 or click the link in the show notes. The FMCA's 99th convention is coming up. We actually talked with Doug Eulenbrock from the FMCA uh, back on just a few episodes ago, episode 77, about this upcoming convention. It is in, in Perry. Peachy and Perry. I love that name. They have they they have a knack for coming up with little they really cute names do. for their conventions. They, Why not my not? <laughs> like I'm never gonna let that go. <laughs> they they do two conventions a year. So this year is their 99th and their hundredth. So they the 99th is coming up March 13th in Perry, Georgia, where you can find products and services you need for your RVing lifestyle. You can tour the latest RVs. You can soak up RVing knowledge at more than 100 seminars. 100 seminars. And there's entertainment and daytime activities. You can meet up with friends. You can meet new friends. They have all kinds of chapters that you can join. So if you're from a local area, you can join a local chapter for either like the Midwest chapter or you might have a state chapter. Or I have all kinds of different chapters. And you camp right on the grounds for the entire event. I love how just down home fun this sounds like. This sounds like something that you would expect to be in Georgia. You know, I just it sounds like such a good time. I wish we could go, but my brother needs to get married and that kind of, you know, takes precedence. So... (laughs) Don't listen to this, Jordan. I cannot wait for you to get married. We're all very excited. Just booked the Airbnb. Can't wait. Our friend uh, Mark Walker, one of our our road warriors on the RVMiles.com website, is going to be at Perry and is going to do a little article from us uh, from there. We might even have him on the podcast, too. Uh, and uh, and we're excited to hear about how it goes because we're going to be at our first FMCA convention in, in Minot, North Dakota this coming August. And we're really looking forward to it. So yeah. And we would love to know if you're going, even if you're joining FMCA now and you're using this code, come up to why not, my not, I think this year they're calling it my not magic or magic and my not, I yeah. think is the tag this year, but we would love to meet some of yeah, you. Maybe we'll have a little meetup up there. That'd be fun. Visit, visit FMCA's website and, and check them out. We'll link to them in the show notes. We're really enjoying being members and meeting other FMCAers on the road. All right. The answer to last week's brain teaser, which of the following words do not belong in this list and why reappear caucuses, inefficiencies, signings, arraigning, horseshoer, intestines, and appeases. And you really had to write these out to really get it. I think, uh, you definitely did. 
because the odd word out is inefficiencies. And the reason is all the other words, every letter appears in the word twice, where inefficiencies, the S does not appear twice. Hey, now. It's tricky because it sounds like it does because it's, yeah, because it's a C that sounds like an S, but it doesn't. I liked that one. That was a fun one. one, Right. This week's winner is Lawrence Whiteside from Kentucky, who will receive a Not All Who Wander Are Lost t-shirt. And you'll have a chance to win yours at the end of the show. Okay. We have a listener question. Jenna asks, when a campground asks your RV length, do they mean the manufacturer's length? The length, including the trailer tongue, including the truck and the whole rig, or or what do they mean? And they don't know (laughs) what they mean. (laughs) There is absolutely no answer to this question. There is none whatsoever. (laughs) Usually I see it goes different ways because so sometimes Jenna, sometimes the site lists a length, right? And sometimes the campground just asks you for your length. Now, normally, if they're asking you for your length, what they mean is, how long is your RV? How much space is it going to take up? So the manufacturer might list that your trailer is a 20-foot trailer, but really it's like 23 feet with the tongue. So you would give them the full length if they're asking for the length of, of your trailer and just your trailer or your motorhome, not including your tow vehicle. If the site lists a length and you're going off of that, they're not asking for what your length is. You're picking a site based on its length. Usually what's listed is the actual driveway length of the site. Now, most sites, however, are angled and they're angled severely. So the short side might be 30 foot. And the long side might be 36 foot. Yeah, like this spot we're in right now. <laughs> I'd really like to talk to somebody How about this How do they measure spot. this? I don't know. Because <laughs> half of the spot is, it's uphill. It, it, it's you so can't, steep uphill. I However, couldn't even get the words out. we are completely flat because the top yes. half of the site is perfectly level. I actually really love this site for that reason. Well, we're flat though because we can overhang in the back, we right. were able to continue to back up past the end of the driveway itself because our tires don't touch for what, a good eight feet? Yeah, it's like seven or eight feet from the tires to, yeah. to our rear bumper. So that's something to consider. We And we talked about this at length on, on a past episode. I don't remember the number, but I will put in the show notes a video I did on this because... You know, they may have they may have measured on the short side. They may have measured on the long side. They may have averaged it out down the middle. But very often we can fit in sites that are listed as shorter than we are because we can overhang off the back some. And also because Google Earth is our best friend when it comes to stuff like that. Absolutely. You can go on Google Earth and and look at the satellite view and see Hey, is there a tree? You can't always see. Yeah. But you can often see, is there a tree behind the site or is there some other obstruction? Hey, and now the new recreation.gov website, or I guess I should say it's Reserve America and recreation.gov is a part of it. You can now get a satellite view on the maps. So if you go into Reserve in some or Campground. Parks. Yeah. In some Well, parks. if they have a map listed. Yeah, because yeah. the park that we're going back to near... Fort Worth, they don't even have a map 
listed yet. Mm-mm. We were completely dependent upon um, finding a secondary map somewhere else and also on Google Earth on that particular site. So I think it's something that's slowly being well, rolled out. It's going to take some time. When they updated the site, they dumped every single map yeah. of every campground across the country. And they've been slowly adding campsites in on maps. So now that is also a site that not only tells you how long the site is, but when you go to book, the site is going to ask you how long you are. They want yeah, both pieces want of information. Right. Yeah. So and, and they will say if you if the site is listed at 30 feet on that on that yeah, website and you you put in your RV is 31 feet, they won't let you book it. Mm-mm. So we've lied several times. <laughs> we have not. We have we have fit into that spot. We have we, we have just parked this bus. We just this take bus, a part of the past the gravel, past past the driveway. This bus is 37 feet long and we parked it into a spot that was listed at 23 feet once. Yeah, and completely in on the right? pavement in in <laughs> yeah. Fort Pickens and Pensacola. Our nose was right at the end of the site, but we were completely within the site and on the pavement. We had to park our van that we towed behind us in auxiliary parking. But often it can be done. So the answer, long way around the bend, Jenna, who the heck knows? You got to call the campground and ask if you re- if it's really close or uh, or, you know, do some finagling on on Google Earth and and uh, sometimes we even search reviews. We'll go to like Campendium and we'll try to find somebody who stayed in the exact same site as us, yeah, and see what see what, what they say because they list their rig length there. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, say. know your overhang. Yeah. So if you know you can overhang in the back, know how many feet yeah. it's possible to do that because that can become part of your decision regarding a site. You know, of course, like Jason said, don't. Don't book someplace that looks like it's got trees behind you because that's just not going to work out or well some for you. Say, you might have the electrical box at the back of the site or or the water or uh, we went to. That happened to us once. Well, remember? there was. there were, Yes, <laughs> there was also another campground that we went to uh, just outside of New Orleans, the state park that we went to there, St. Bernard. They have a big like log structure to keep you from overhanging behind the site at all for no reason whatsoever. They they know our they just trick. don't want you to. Yes. So <laughs> they I don't knew know we why. were coming. I don't know why they care. It's just grass behind you. Whatever. Anyway, we'll put a link to that video in the show notes so you can check that out as well. We last week talked a bit about one of uh, one of the websites that has been very useful to us over the last couple of years, Road Trippers. Road Trippers announced that they are lowering their price for their Plus program. We've always used the free the free version of Road Trippers, but they are now limiting the free version to just eight stops. And I said last week, eight stops is absolutely useless. Yeah, if you listened to last <laughs> week, you know we were incensed. <laughs> we, I mean, it, you know, it's... Uh, I basically I blamed us for this because we did our 2019, which I don't even know how many stops is on that. And yeah, then like the whole, the whole year, the on whole it. year, the and whole year, two days later, road trippers was like, here's a change that might affect your upcoming trip. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, road trippers reached out to us. They heard the podcast and they, they wanted to clarify a few things and they really want your business. All right. 
Road Trippers is saying they've got a lot of cool features coming up and we're going to have them on the show uh, this summer when when some of these new features roll out. They're going to be rolling out turn by turn directions uh, so you can actually use it as your GPS and they're going to have notifications that can pop up if you want them. Say you're near something cool that a bunch of other travelers have liked. It, it will send up a, a notification on your phone. That kind of stuff. And and they've got some secret stuff that they're working on, too. But they wanted to give our listeners a chance to try out Road Trippers Plus. And we have we had a couple people in the Facebook group say that they actually are Road Trippers Plus members and they're really, uh, really enjoying it. So they gave us a discount code that you guys can use to go sign up for Road Trippers for $9.99 for the year. It's normally $14.99. You have to go to roadtrippers.com slash plus V4, P-L-U-S-V-4. We'll link to that in the show notes, of course. And the code is five, the number five, RV Miles 2019. Upper and lowercase will work. This is not sponsored ad in any way, anything like that. They just wanted to give you a discount. We wanted to pass it on. We're going to try it out as well and, and report back to you how we like it because I, I gotta admit, I, we have always used road trippers since, since we began traveling as a family. Long before we were even full timing. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking back to our drive down to Disney, our great smoky mountains yeah. trip, our St. Louis trip. Those were road tripper trips. Yeah. And so we've, we've been a big fan of it because it's so easy to find stuff along the route to do find places along the route to camp uh, or just to eat so so we're big fans and some of the new stuff they've got coming out sounds really cool. It's cool that they reached out. It's cool that they're listening to the consumer. We very much appreciate that. And we appreciate those who have shared their feedback as well in the RV Miles Facebook group on this. OK, I'm excited to talk to you about our time in San Antonio. But first, this segment is sponsored by the standby phone and beverage holder. By now, you guys probably all know that Jason is notorious for losing his cell phone. Hey, 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 <laughs> I resemble that remark. But you resemble? I resent, 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 <laughs> I meant resent. You, hey, you've lost your cell phone a good plenty of time. You're always looking for your phone. That's why I own an Apple Watch. So I'm just seeing it and it just yeah. pings and let me know where well, it is. I don't. Jason's so. version of an Apple Watch, though, is his standby. And it has been a lifesaver around here because not only is it keeping him hydrated, it is also keeping his phone within reach. I have a beer in it right now, right here. We do. <laughs> it's Friday night. It's a little rainy outside tonight. We're enjoying some beers in our standby. And this three-in-one product holds your drink, your beer, your phone at the same time and can accommodate numerous drink size, making it perfect for your car, your motorhome, your golf cart, your boat, your stroller, or camp chair. I want to explain what this is for a second. So because I've had a few questions here. So it is, it's like a cup holder, right? And then it's, so it's got the round part. And then it's got a squared off area off to one side that your phone sets right behind or right next to your drink. And then, and you can, it can accommodate like really big drinks or just like normal 12 ounce can sizes or this beer bottle here. And then it slips into a cup holder. 
it, like in your car or wherever. If you don't have a cup holder to slip it into, it comes with a base and then it comes with a ground stake for sticking into the ground at the beach or at your campsite. We should put a picture of it in the Facebook yeah, group for those that. people that have asked. So it is also on top of all of those things. It is durable. It's dishwasher safe. It's UV protected. And it will always be made in the USA. Your cup holder needs an upgrade. Get the standby today by visiting stand-by.com and save 15% off with promo code SAVE, S-A-V-E. That's stand-bi.com and use promo code SAVE. We, of course, will link to the website and the promo code in the show notes. Okay, San Antonio, Texas. Here we are, ready for all the very, very warm weather. Oh. And it's been foggy and cold and rainy, but we've had a really great time. But you know what? It hasn't been here. Snowing. It has not been. It has not been snowing. We have had to wear winter coats a couple days, Mm -hmm. but it has not been snowing. It has not been snowing. It has also been a food fest since we've been here. This is one of the first major urban cities that we've been into in quite some time where we have eaten a lot of really good food. Yeah. And before we get into like some of the food places. Okay. I'll hold my horses. That we've visited. Well, this is kind of, this is kind of in line with this. I have to first mention Bucky's. Oh, (laughs) yeah. This is a bucket list for you, I feel like, that I well, didn't know about. I, I was very... heard about Bucky's gas. What are they? They're not a truck stop. They're like a truck stop, but they're, they're a an gas experience. station because they're not for trucks. No, Bucky's is an experience. Bucky's is a Texas chain of gas stations. And I'm not kidding you. The one here nearby us has round about 80 pumps. Yeah. 80. I'm not not exaggerating that at all. I think it's in the town of New Braunfels. Braunfels? I think it's something like that. We took the kids over there on Tuesday for a $5 movie day at the nearby theater. We took them to see Lego Movie 2, which was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. Better than the reviews we'd seen. Better than the reviews. However, I wouldn't say I really thoroughly enjoyed it until about halfway through whereas the first movie i was i was in it to win it within 30 seconds yeah Yeah. this This one one took a little bit of time it was a slow burn but anyway anyway. we're wandering (laughs) off the topic here (laughs) sorry bucky's yes so i will try to remember to put an insta story up on our wandering family's instagram page because we took just like some footage of us driving we circled bucky's and all of the pumps and we were just laughing so hard. And I'm sure so many, many of you know all about all about Bucky's, but we had had not experienced it before. So then you go inside, and first, before you go inside, on the outside, they have at, at least thirty ice ice bit. Not they're not machines, but you know the coolers, the coolers, ice coolers, where you can get really dirt cheap ice. And then you go inside, and it's like super clean. It smells so good. It, it smells, smells so good. It smells like sugar roasted 
almonds, pecans, and cashews. And they have like huge gift shop area. Like half of it is kind of like you're walking into a Hobby Lobby. And and then the other half (laughs) is like you're walking into a giant candy store. Every barn sign you can think of is there. Grills. All kinds of all kinds of little confections. Ethan and stuff. added to his stuffy collection, <laughs> thanks to He's Bucky. A stuffed animal, <laughs> and then every single candy aisle. There's like five candy aisles, and every single one of them had an icy machine at the end of it. That's amazing. I was talking to my <laughs> California brother last night, and uh, after the wedding, he my little brother's wedding in Oklahoma City that he's flying in for. He and his friend are driving from. OKC and they're driving down to Houston and we were laughing so hard last night because I was telling him it doesn't matter if you need gas doesn't matter if you just stopped if you are driving through Texas and the gas sign says that there is a Bucky's at the next exit you get off and which you have isn't to ex- as easy as it sounds because no. let me let me let me talk about Texas interstates here for oh. a second right <laughs> the exits are impossible because you can't see what's coming up. You have to exit like a mile before the place that you are trying to get off at. And the interstates here are like they're giant spaghetti bowls of high flying four story massive interchanges. The highways in Dallas are crazy. It's like something out of the Matrix. And then when you get on to into the sort of more rural areas, you go down the state roads It'll be 70 miles an hour and there's driveways on the road. Yeah. You know, everything's bigger in Texas, including the speed limit. So, you know, it it just feels different to us in the bus. And when you're driving an RV, 60 feels fast. All right. Let's talk about San Antonio and some of the food we had. The first place is actually outside of San Antonio. uh, Well, outside. It's up near where we're staying is the old 300 barbecue joint in Blanco, Texas. We went there last night and it was one of those things where I woke up Thursday morning and I just looked at Jason and I was like, today's the day we're having barbecue. I've just decided we have to have barbecue today. I, we have been here for a week and we still haven't had barbecue. So I did, I didn't want to have to drive into San Antonio and we found this place had fantastic reviews. Yeah. And that's, you know, going to be common. You're going to find a lot of places down here for barbecue with great reviews and get, and we got a lot of recommendations from listeners uh, saying, Hey, you're down there. You better get some, get some good barbecue, which we're going to we follow did. some of those in, in when we get towards Austin. But yeah, this place we sort of found on our own and whew, it was so, I was hurting. <laughs> It was so good. Jason and I split this sandwich called (laughs) it's called the Willie Nelson. And it's for people who have the munchies. And that's what that's what they say underneath it. And it had brisket. It had pork. It had sausage. It was all on a hoagie roll. And everything's cut like a quarter inch thick. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And it was $12, but we ended, we split it and it was more than enough for two people to oh, split yes. it. Yes. And then we really loved the sweet barbecue sauce. They had two there. They had the hot and then they had the sweet. The sweet was by far our favorite. We got French fries, coleslaw, mac and cheese for the kids. Another thing that I loved is that over by the condiments where they have, you know, grilled onions and pickles and the barbecue sauce and the paper plates, they have on a top shelf rows of loaves 
of white bread. Yeah, you and just you get just your take own like, white to the white table. Bread. And if you buy, if you get baked beans, they just have a vat of baked beans that you can go and self serve yourself. Yeah. You it's just all keep you going can back. eat baked beans. I it's so great. Their whole environment is really fantastically put together. The dining room is really warm and welcoming, but it's just this fun little barbecue joint. Everybody behind the counter was so nice and helpful. And then here's the kicker. This is the gem of this place. They do this game. They have these signs on the wall that say, if you can find the dinosaur hidden in this dining room, you get a free dessert. So I, you know, before I announced that to the kids, I actually went up to the counter and I was like, hey, I just read your sign. Is that is that legit? <laughs> I said, I don't want to. Is, is that just a sign that you bought yeah. over at the Hobby Lobby? Are or you, did you buy that at the Bucky's and just yeah. throw it on the wall? Are you still doing this? Because I said, I don't want to I don't want to announce this to my children if there's no real end game here. And she's like, no, absolutely. It's, you know, yay big. And it's a green plastic dinosaur. And if you guys find it, you just bring it up to us and you get to pick a dessert. What she didn't tell us was the actual employees hadn't really found it in days. <laughs> so nobody knows where it is. And we, we kept looking all over the restaurant. Oh, yeah. We did. We walked around. We could not find the little mini dinosaur. We couldn't. But it was great entertainment for the boys. Yeah. So it was something for them to do while we were eating. The downside, I can see the downside to this, is that after a while, you do kind of have to get up and start walking yeah, around. Yeah, you're to like look walking around other people's tables. and Yeah, and we weren't the only diners who started getting in on the action. So then it was like several people were up and walking around the dining room trying to find this dinosaur. He could not be found. Nobody who was working there even knew where it was so that they could give us a hint. See, it's been I, missing for days. I think I know where it is. And you, the, I think yeah. they, if they're listening, they need to go look because we didn't look in this location because there were people sitting next to it. But there was a sitting next to one table was a big, a, a big basket of saltine cracker. Jason packages. thinks it's buried. I think it's buried in there. I think that is so unsanitary. I do not think it is buried down in the package of saltine crackers. I'm telling you, Who? 300 barbecue restaurant, if you're listening and you still can't find the dinosaur. Jason says it's with the saltines, but we probably spent um, a good half hour, 40 minutes trying to find the dinosaur, which was wonderful because we also arrived during happy hour and happy hour ended at five. But during happy hour, they had 250 and 350 drafts. The 24 ounce was 350. So we enjoyed an ice cold draft beer while the kids looked for dinosaurs. You it, enjoyed an ice cold draft beer. I uh, I had to drink your beer because uh, you liked mine better and we switched. I did. I got an IPA. He got a blonde ale. I should have gotten the blonde IPA. ale. So he kindly switched with me so that I could drink the beer that was a little bit more enjoyable and he could sit over there and suffer so that he could clearly tell this story tonight on the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some of our other food experiences because they were really good. Uh, the next place we had, and this was a listener recommendation, Big Lou's Pizza. Now, this is in San Antonio. This place is the wildest pizza place i have seen in my entire life their pizza the biggest pizza they have is 42 inches it's basically the size of the table it is bigger than henry it's 
huge. And and they're cut into 12 slices and one slice would be more than enough for one person. If you get one of those big, and they're yeah, like, they're, they're like $80. Yeah, too. they're massive. <laughs> so we didn't get one of those. I mean, we love pizza, but, but we you can don't also love get like pizza. a 36 inch pizza and a 24 inch pizza. We got a pretty big pizza. We did. We got the 20 inch pizza. So this is, we're a family of five. And again, they had some killer drink specials going on. Jason and I both got a 24 ounce Blue Moon for $250 a piece. Fantastic. We got that. We got a 20 inch pizza. And then Jason and I shared a calzone and they're called super calzones. We shared a sausage one. It was, I think, $9. So you didn't tell me they were called super calzones. I didn't realize how big it was going to be. Well, I just assumed because it was only $9. I I just assumed a super calzone was still going to be just like a one person calzone. This was cut into three sections. Jason and I could only eat a section each. Probably because we also had We're some like, of the oh, other pizza. Know, but, is the pizza enough? We yeah. get calzone too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We left with so much food. Uh, we now, did. This but it made place, for good leftovers. It was really good pizza, really good thin New York kind of style pizza. Now, this place is super famous in the area and super popular. You will wait if you go like we did on a Saturday night. And we went at like five o'clock. We got there about 4.30, uh, five o'clock. And we waited. Uh, first of all, you wait in line to order. We waited probably 15, 20 minutes in line to order. And they said that line wasn't very bad. And then once you order, we waited an hour for our pizza. And they told us it was going to be that Yeah, long. they were upfront about it. And we made the decision because this place had just been so recommended to us. And because both our phones were charged and we knew we could give them to the kids <laughs> to watch YouTube. But- Unfortunately, the, the cell service on Verizon is, has been totally fine around here, but within their restaurant was not very good. Wasn't so- happening. It was okay. There was TVs everywhere. And plus we play this game with our kids called it's called Akinator. I have no idea where it came from. They found it on on an app and it's yeah. it's basically 20 questions yeah. type game, but you have to guess a character. So we did that. We played that a lot of that. And we played a lot of I Spy because this place is very eclectic. There's just tchotchke all over the walls. So just know if you're going with kids that there's going to be a wait and bring some stuff with you to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you go, you you might have better luck at like four thirty on a weeknight. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or during the day, but it it was it was pretty darn busy, but it was good. I don't know that any pizza is worth waiting an hour for, but if you if you don't care about sitting around hanging out, I didn't mind it. it. It's, it's I didn't mind it either, and you can have drinks and yeah, and and have some fun. We had fun, but we if were you're having... like crunch for time, like it, you don't have to go to this place. No, you need to go get a five dollar hot and ready from Little Caesars <laughs> if you're crunched for time. <laughs> All right, the final place that we ate at in San Antonio that we have to tell you about this place. This this really took the cake, kind of literally for you. Lulu's Bakery and Cafe. And Home this, of the three pound <laughs> cinnamon roll. This is also a really famous place in the area. And it was another listener recommendation. And we checked it out. And uh, we went for some stupid reason on Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Not realizing, okay, it's a famous place. And, you know, it's like a brunch place and it's going to be busy. 
And uh, the line was long. It was a long wait. And they didn't have to go cinnamon rolls at that time. So we decided to come back that afternoon because we really wanted to do the cinnamon roll. And 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 uh, we weren't going to eat lunch there or anything like that. We were just coming back for the cinnamon roll. So we I came back 3.30 Sunday afternoon. We sat down and we ordered the three pound cinnamon roll and, and some beverages. And we're like, well, maybe we should get a couple little appetizers, too. And, and we ordered some chicken strips and some cheese fries. Can I clarify this story, please? Just real quick. OK, I said, yes, I said the three pound cinnamon roll is more than enough. That is a half pound each. And you said maybe for you it's enough and but then you, when we sat down you were like do you want to order anything else and i said sure let's get some chicken strips yeah, <laughs> they're so really good the three the three pound cinnamon roll is gonna be way bigger than you expect it to be it is going to be more than enough for your crew and it if, is if wanna, delicious if you want to compare it to like pillsbury cinnamon rolls that you buy and and cook in your oven like the tube Right. The grands. I don't want to compare it to that, but it's we like can go 17 there. of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge. It, they, she brings it out and kind of it kind of slams onto the table and all of the frosting is like pouring over the sides. Of I the panicked plate onto the, the table. It's like it's flooding the yes, table with frosting. The best part of the cinnamon roll was sliding off the cinnamon <laughs> roll. So I'm grabbing any utensil I can get my hand on it. I'm trying to scoop it up and, you know, not off the table. I'm trying to save it before it gets to the table and deposit it back into the center of the cinnamon roll. Cause I just, I couldn't accept the fact that I, all of that delicious. <laughs> frosting was about to just lank at the table not to mention that i knew henry would stick his fingers in that frosting on the table and just try to eat it right off the table so this is my concern about a three pound cinnamon roll is that it could be one of those things that just looks better than it tastes like that it doesn't actually bake very well that it gets that you know you don't get that big gooey center and that was not true. <laughs> it was so good. And actually, it was like almost all gooey center. It, it was. was so good. Eat the center first. Like, just cut it right in half. <laughs> Otherwise, just, you won't. Yeah. You'll be too full to eat the center, yeah. which is, of course, the best, the best part. part. Just cut it right in half oh. and go right for the middle. It was good. And it was reasonably priced, too. It was eleven ninety nine for the whole three pound cinnamon roll. And you can get them to go as well. So if you don't want to stay there and eat, you could take one back to your rig. I mean, it would be if it's just like two of you, it'd be like breakfast for, you know, a week and a half. But <laughs> or in Jason's world, like breakfast for three days. I don't know if they sell them in like half size or anything like that. I don't but. think so. And both of these places that we mentioned, the pizza place and the cinnamon roll, both were on Man vs. Food. Yeah. That television show, if anyone's familiar mm-hmm. with it. And I don't know if he if he beat out this food i cannot imagine that he conquered the 42 inch pizza but yeah no, there's no way <laughs> but there's no way you know i've been able to give that cinnamon roll a good run for yeah. its money <laughs> all right we're gonna shift gears big time and talk about some of the really cool historic sites in san antonio namely the alamo and the missions when we come back
We're back to continue talking about the amazing town of San Antonio and some of the wonderful historic sites that we've been able to visit down here. But first, this segment is sponsored by Harvest Hosts. If you're looking for really interesting, unique boondocking locations for your next trip, check out Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is an organization where you pay a fee and you get access to wineries, to farms, to museums, all sorts of different locations across the country where you can boondock for a night if you're self-contained and all they ask in return is that you that you patronize that business that maybe if you're at a farm you go buy some grapes if you're at a winery you go buy a bottle of wine etc people are having the most amazing experiences at some of these harvest host locations across the country and they have nearly a thousand locations now and you as an rv miles listener get 15 percent off their annual membership with the code rv miles and check that out at harvesthost.com and use the code RV miles, all one word. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. People are really, we haven't been able to do it yet. We're, we're looking forward to doing it soon, but people are having the most wonderful boondocking experiences across the country. It's better. It just beats going to a Walmart, you know, it beats, get me to a winery. <laughs> right? That's all I have to say. And we drove by so many wineries here in, in Texas Hill country too. I just love between Boondockers Welcome, which we've talked about in the past and how much we love them and now getting to know Harvest Host a little bit more. I love that there are these options out there as you're traveling around to break up the monotony of travel to, you know, keep you out of a Walmart parking lot of wall docking, if that's not your thing or boon barreling, you know, not or, all- and keep you from paying $45 for one night exactly. when you're not even going to see the campground in the daylight. Yeah. We're looking at you, Indiana. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we still recall a one night camping experience that we had in an Indiana state park where it cost us after the entrance fee, after the fee to camp, we paid almost $50. It was back in the early days of this lifestyle. And we still talk about that. We still give them the side eye. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some of the wonderful historic sites in San Antonio, starting with downtown San Antonio, right downtown in the heart of of all the shopping and the bars and and the restaurants and and, and the what's the word I'm looking for here? I mean, there was the Tomb Rider and the Ripley's museum yeah there's just a, this I know kitschy, there's a wax museum it's yeah a, it's kind of, there's a strip of like kitschy stuff to do and it all plays on things that are incredibly popular like madame tussauds or ripley's believe it or not but they're not it's like those john things. tussauds yeah and, and yeah and it's the, amazing and, and it's the tomb like like the tomb raider movies there's a it's an experience called tomb rider and they use the indiana jones font it's amazing on their sign it's, it's so- really it's really quite <laughs> brilliant marketing because if you just scan the word you might think you're going in for a tomb raider ride but you're not anyway you're there not. are a few kitschy things in this area but it's not a super kitschy area no but they right? play off the fact that the alamo is right yeah. there and they know that tourists are coming down to that section of so san antonio that is what's there is the Alamo, probably the most famous building in all of Texas, famous in part for its part in the 
Texas Independence. The Alamo, you may not know, though, is a was originally established as a Spanish mission. And there are several of these Spanish missions in San Antonio, and we got to explore five of them. And we'll get to the the other four in a bit. But let's talk about the Alamo. So the Alamo is overseen by the state of Texas and it's free to enter. You have to wait and you have to queue up to go in and they're going to want to take your picture right before you go in because they're going to try and sell you a picture afterwards, you know, and it's a really cool piece of state history. And I enjoyed it for that fact with the boys and being able to share with them Texas history. I did not enjoy the Alamo. I didn't enjoy the way you walk through it. I didn't. It was very busy. And perhaps, again, if we had come, you know, on a weekday or something, it might have been different. But I couldn't go up and look at things or interact with the space and learn about the space because it just it, it wasn't well laid out for that. Like, it's almost like you just walk into the room, you can glance around at everything and then you're you just walk out. It, it, yeah, it was it was packed uh, when we were there and it, it's a neat space. But the other missions were much more enjoyable. And it's, the other missions are just more complete. Yeah. And you're going to if you go to them first and then go to the Alamo, you might feel a little let down. So I would almost say go to the yeah. Alamo first. Now, they do have several other ways you can interact with the Alamo. They do have, I think, like a 17 minute video you can watch. Which was, wasn't running when we which, were there for some reason. Yeah. And I think that's actually there are experiences there that you can pay for. And I think that is one of them. Yes. And so there are a lot of other ways that we chose not to do anything because it was just getting kind of late. Well, they weren't even doing any of that stuff when we were there. Yeah. And it was a Sunday and busy. And I, I don't know why they weren't, but they weren't doing they that weren't. stuff. Um, but the area itself and the grounds of the Alamo are very beautiful. And the building itself is beautiful to see. I mean, it's the Alamo, you know, it's the part of Texas that you grow up hearing about. It just for me, again, I had a I had a Mount Rushmore moment when I went inside, when well, I finally was standing there. There's virtually nothing on the inside. So these these missions are were churches. They were Catholic churches. And and, and then the grounds around them uh, where Native Americans lived, where they farmed, where they basically built a lifestyle for a community. But the Alamo itself is it was a church, but it has completely been emptied out on the inside. And it is you know, just bare walls. Yeah. And it wasn't actually called the Alamo until early 19th century. Until after after it was no longer a Spanish mission. Yeah. And the name of what it was is escaping me. And it was, it was originally called Mission San Antonio de Valero, which, so that's obviously where San Antonio got its name from. That's the Alamo. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a building and there's a little bit of history to read about there. There's not much you're going to get out of that. But again, it's it's free. So, yeah, you, you're you going to want to walk around downtown San Antonio. They have a really cool river walk experience down there where you get to walk along the river and there's restaurants and and clubs and, and that are all sort of backed up to the river. And parking can be really difficult in that area. I'm sure it's almost impossible during peak season and on the weekends. A little trick or a little note is that. On Sundays, the meters are free. And Tuesdays as well, right? 
There, we t- saw a sign that saying they had Tuesday free parking in nights. the evening. It's the Tuesday evening. nights yeah. downtown. And so I think it's like from 5 p.m. till 2 a.m. or something. The parking garages are free. So those are a couple of things to keep in mind that it can be a little bit easier late Sunday afternoon to find a parking spot and to not have to pay for it and just walk right over. And Lulu's Cafe, the home of the three pound cinnamon roll is only about a mile and a half or two miles from the Alamo. So you could go and do both of those in one day. So let's talk about these other missions. All five missions were built along the San Antonio River. So they're they're very close. These other four missions are, are maybe 10 minutes from, from downtown San Antonio. And the other four are all part of the San Antonio Missions National Historical Park. So they're all managed by the National Park Service. And you have to you pretty much have to drive to each one or you can ride a bike to each one. You could walk or run, but it would take a while. Yeah, I think that there the river walk will connect you to all of these yeah, locations. It's like and it's miles. eight miles yeah. total. But it's a very popular thing to bike. That's one thing we saw in the couple of days that we spent getting to go around and check out all these missions is that everyone bikes. There's bike tours. I think that would be a ton of fun. And I would absolutely love to do that the next time we're in the area. And it's seems very doable. I mean, biking eight miles. Yeah, that's not bad at all. No. So the other four missions are all, uh, they all are working, working Catholic churches still. Which I didn't realize until we actually got there. I knew at least one or two was. I didn't realize all four were. I didn't either. So that's something to take into consideration if you're going to be visiting on a Saturday or Sunday because they are going to have services and weddings. Uh, but they are they're fairly short. I mean, we were there on Saturday and Sunday and it was it was fine. We were still able to go into all the all the churches. Yeah, there was a noon mass on Sunday. Yeah, but I think they last like 45 minutes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not yeah. very long. So you can go to these four different sites and they all have parking lots. They all have lots of green space. They're much bigger than the Alamo because they're not, you know, confined within a downtown area. So you have a lot more access to explore the grounds. What they don't really have is RV parking. So if you're touring in an RV, you're really only going to be able to park at one of them. And that's that's the one that has the National Park Service Visitor Center with the park film and the gift shop and all that. And that's Mission San Jose. And uh, we took a ranger guided tour at Mission San Jose and learned a lot about the the creation of these these missions. Basically, these Spanish friars came over and the Spanish had a really hard time recruiting Spaniards uh, who wanted to settlers come. Yeah. Because the, the their children would not be recognized as full Spanish citizens because Spain had a caste system. And the further away you were born from Spain, the less of a citizen you were. Yeah. So you can imagine people weren't flocking right. to get on the boat. So at the same time, there there were a tribe of Native Americans who were really struggling from disease that had been brought over by Europeans and as well as warring with other native groups, larger tribes. These were nomadic hunting hunter gatherers. So they weren't really established in like one particular location and they were small family units. Whereas what was happening is some of these tribes that were pushing in from the North were these big tribes that were moving together. And these hunter gatherers were these small family nomadic indigenous people. And 
they were essentially faced with, you know, come into our mission, come into the compound and we can teach you how to be self-sufficient, how to plant your own food and how to care for yourselves and you won't ever have to worry again. And you, you know, you won't have to worry about attack, but you have to give up everything you know about your life and become Catholic. And (laughs) you have to change your entire way of life. You have to denounce everything that you believe in and every tradition that you've held and families, you know, for these hunter gatherers, their families there, they didn't just consider a family, the mom, dad, and the siblings. It was the grandparents, the aunts and uncles, you know, and they all, lived together and traveled together. Well, once they came into the mission, they were divided up. You know, grandparents went into their own home. The parents and the kids went into another. And so it was an incredibly difficult way of life for them. I loved this ranger tour that we went on. This is where we gathered all of this information from. It was about a 30 minute tour. It was led by Ranger Kate, who just ended up being so much fun and who I've chatted a little bit back and forth with since then on Instagram. I like her a ton. She was very funny on the tour. She had this really great little banter with Jack that really resulted in Jack agreeing to clean all of the bathrooms (laughs) at the mission for a hundred (laughs) dollars. She was trying to make the point that, that, you know, food and shelter might sound great, but what do you have to give up for it? You know, a hundred dollars might sound great, but if you have to clean all the bathrooms at all the missions for a hundred dollars, it might not be as great. And Jack said, no, I'll do I'll it. Do it. <laughs> but that's what happened to the, these, these Native American people is essentially they built these missions, you know, under the direction of the Spanish. And, uh, and so these are really sites that are testaments to the Native American people of, of the area. And, and they're just beautiful. They have, they're in various stages of reconstruction. Mission Concepcion is, is the most original. It's hardly changed at all. The other three have been rebuilt to varying degrees over the years. Yeah. The National Park Service didn't take over the site, I think, until 1978. Yeah. So up until 1978, and we are talking about structures that are about 250 years old they were under various different organizations, CARES and the state's care. And so once the Park Service took it on, there has been a lot of attempts to do some restoration to the spaces. The four missions as well are now UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Yeah. And I think that happened just within the last... It happened in 2015. Yeah. And because of the fact that they are so close to each other. It's such a concentrated amount of missions in one space. That is why they have been given this World Heritage Site honor. And it really is quite spectacular to be able to just drive a mile and come across another one of these just spectacular buildings and grounds. You know, they're all showing sort of brick and and. The, the fresco that would have covered them all is, is mostly removed. In some places, you can see some of that still. But they were all covered in with like a, a white fresco and then painted on. And twice a year, they do this really cool thing at two of the missions. They take video projectors at night and they project onto the, the missions what they would have looked like. And they tell stories. Painted in their full glory. They do this at uh, Mission San Jose Mm -hmm. 
And I think at Mission Concepcion. I think so. I think those are the two they do them at. Now, of course, the boys participated in the Junior Ranger program while they were there. It was a really great Junior Ranger program. One of my favorite. It got them sort of engaged with the mission. And then, of course, you know, they got the joy of having Ranger Kate do the oath with them and making sure that part of their oath was that they clean the bathrooms for their mom. It was a really wonderful experience. Yes, you should visit the Alamo, but you're going to get so much more out of visiting these four missions. You don't have to be a religious person. You don't have to be uh, in any way spiritual to just go and enjoy the history of the places and the architecture. And, um, you know, Mission Concepcion is the oldest unrestored church in the United States of America. I wouldn't have expected that. To be honest, I would have expected that to be on the East Coast. Yeah. And what I think when you put the Alamo up against these other four four, is that the Alamo is really about the history of the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. They really don't do a whole lot in regards to what it was before it really became a center point for the independence of Texas. The San Antonio Missions National Historical Park is really about the history of the space overall. Before that time. Yeah. And I think that for me, I just appreciated that a little bit more because I liked that it was coming from this is where it all started as opposed to picking up a building's history almost 200 years into that building's life a little bit. That's just me. I mean, everyone enjoys history in different ways. I love really old stuff. Yeah, you do. I do. Old timey. (laughs) I think I said this to one of the Rangers there is that when we go to a place like this and there are, you know, plaques with paragraphs of information on them, Abby has to read every single one of them from beginning to end. I can't leave until I have tried Mm -hmm. to absorb as much as I can. I will ignore all of you and I will wander off in order to accomplish that because you guys are not very good (laughs) about letting me do that. And so I have just gotten to a point where we go to those spaces and I just start to drift away from you guys. And I let you guys go and experience the park or the museum, how you want to experience it. And then I go and experience it in the way I want to. The boys, I'm trying to find that balance between getting them to engage more with the space and recognizing that perhaps they don't want to engage with it as much as I do that for them standing in the middle of a room where someone stood 250 years ago on the exact same ground, maybe doesn't blow their mind the same way it blows mine. I'm working on it. (laughs) And part of that working on it is I just have decided to go off on my own and, and have those big moments for myself. So one of the real joys of being able to experience these missions was being able to work on the America's National Parks podcast at the same time. And we were so fortunate to be able to work with Michael Nye, who is a photographer and an audio documentarian. And Michael did interviews with people, with modern people uh, who have different connections to the missions. And we were able to use his work for this week's episode of the America's National Parks podcast. We have uh, an interview with the head stonemason 
at the missions and what it's like to, you know, actually work on restoring these places. A historian, uh, a woman who is a descendant of people who were born on the missions. And, and finally, a woman who was an administrator for one of the churches. And her story is just so beautiful and heartbreaking. Um, and, uh, and I hope you'll check it out because I'm, I'm really proud of this week's episode. And I think you'll really get a lot out of, out of these stories from the missions. We didn't go to the missions with the intent of writing an episode for this week. And I think that this is one of the reasons why I love our national park service and what they do. It was the space itself that inspired us. It was the conversation that we had with several rangers at the end of the day, just at the desk, talking to them about the space, getting to know them. They gave us a few suggestions. They were just very interested in the podcast. And it was through our interactions with the National Historical Park that we went home and felt so inspired that we knew that we just had to write, we had to carry that feeling into America's National Parks podcast this week. And we had at least three different ways we could have gone. So I know we're going to revisit the missions in the future again, but I do just want to say that it was really because of the people and the space that this episode came to light this year. And it's really due to them that we were able to do this. So we hope you'll visit the San Antonio area. It's it's a great town. And we we really only scratched the surface of it. There's so much more to do here. And uh, and we're going to be here for a little bit longer. We're going to go visit the um, the LBJ historic site and see what that's all about. And then we're moving on. We're going to be in Austin for a few days. and uh, Back up to Dallas. Back up to Dallas for a bit. So check out San Antonio. You're going to love it. Let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. All right. There are eight sets of words here, and each one represents an animal, right? So, for example, to run away or escape would be a flea, okay? Okay. <laughs> she's like on her, she's like on Instagram right now. <laughs> I'm listening with one ear. Right. I'm listening. So, number one, hair control foam. Number two, very exposed. Number three, telling falsities. Number four, a lamenting cry. Number five, a dull person. Number six, a precious or loved one. Number seven, first you get a parking ticket, then you get this. And number eight, these make up a chain. So you have to get all eight right to have the answer to this brain teaser. And if you do, send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com or a message on any of our social media, and you will be entered to win a Not All Who Wander Are Lost t-shirt. I want to do the progression of these brain teasers one day where I go back and listen to like episode one. This one, this one's And then listen one. to episode 82, <laughs> because these are getting... Really intense, Jason. Hey, they got to get intense. All right. <laughs> this is a. <laughs> I don't I don't want like 80 correct answers. I want. To have I like, do. I want to have like three or four to choose from. <laughs> I would like to be able to play this game. This, That's this all one, I'm saying. If you really listen to this one closely, 
this is this one's actually fairly easy. There are okay. just eight of them. All right. Well, I'll try to listen to it closely <laughs> when you next time when, next, whenever next week. you decide to. Yes. Do that. Yeah. And speaking of listening closely, thank you all so much for joining us this week. We love having you. We appreciate you. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate a five star review over on iTunes. Even if you're not using the iTunes app, if you would just pop over there and leave us a five star review, it just helps put us in front of more people. Of course, if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can find us over at editor at rvmiles.com. You can find us in the RV Miles Facebook group. We would love to have you come join the fun over there or just drop us a DM across any of the social media that we are on until next week. Thank you all so much for listening. Keep logging those RV miles. Bye everybody. Bye.